This is Finding Founders, a podcast showcasing the vibrant entrepreneurial spirit of Los Angeles and my journey to find the founders responsible. I'm Samuel Donner, and today on the show, how a UCLA student was shocked by the cost of graduation and decided to launch GradStreet, a graduation company servicing schools across California. Maybe I just had super high expectations of the world, and so I came in and I was like, guys, we need to stop doing this, this, and this, and we need to start doing this, this, and this, and I didn't necessarily know what I was talking about, but because I was high energy and because I had a vision and passion, people were like, okay, and that's what led to the, you know, the early success. Growing up in suburban New Jersey, Tim Connors never really fit in the box and said that he's always been a little bit quirky, I guess. Personality-wise, when I was growing up, I was definitely like the wacko kid. Like I was very theatrical and I did like theater in middle school too. My first musical was like Beauty and the Beast. I was uh, Belle's father, Maurice. I was this wacky inventor character. Seems to fit with the personality. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I kind of. I was like this wacky inventor guy and like had all these like one-liners and it was just so funny because I was this little pipsqueak kid with a super high voice. Tim continued to act, sing, and do improv throughout high school. So I was like kind of used to this concept of performing. But he came into UCLA undeclared. Which was a dumb idea because you're less likely to get accepted if you're undeclared. I didn't know that and was unsure of what major he wanted to do. I thought I was going to do econ, you know, like every other tall white guy does. And what social groups you wanted to be a part of. But I didn't necessarily fall into like a group of people that I like really loved right away. And so just remember meeting someone who really made an impact on me. I, I met who is now a friend named Keith my freshman year in like the dormitory area. And at that time he was a couple years, he still is a couple years older. I ran into him and like started talking to him and he told me that he had this business about summer storage. And I just thought it was so cool that a student could run a business for whatever reason. It was just, you know, I was so like blown away. Like it was definitely a light bulb kind of thing. Like what? I didn't even think that was possible. He kind of led me to the entrepreneurial community and that kind of swept me out my feet. Whatever it was, I was very driven on like getting something done and I had very high goals and ambitions for myself. Um, and I, I didn't really find that many people on campus that had such high ambitions. And so maybe, what did you see in yourself that you didn't see in these other groups? A desire for more. And that's what I found when I went into the entrepreneurial community. And so I fell in with their vibe really fast. And because I was just blown away by some of the personalities, it was intimidating. That's how you know you need to stick around. Tim felt that he needed to prove himself to this new community of entrepreneurs. He had just been forcibly dropped from a film club and was feeling kind of dejected from that. And so when he found a new group of motivated people that he vibed with, he thought, here's my shot, a new community. Like, like, let me see if I can do this right. I started getting involved in leadership, bringing on new people, getting people excited about it. I didn't really feel like I was part of it until I was making w impacts on the organization. I'm like, wow, like, you know, I was rush chair and we had the biggest rush we've ever had. And that's how I felt. Okay, like I'm making a difference here. This was the first time that Tim was in a position of leadership and he was succeeding. But it was very fulfilling and uh, I felt like natural. I always felt like I was frustrated sometimes with 
things that I see that are inefficient or like run poorly and I've always kind of thought like well if only they did this and this or if they didn't do that it would be so much better and so I like built up this whole like frustration. It's definitely the beginning of that entrepreneurial mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just had super high expectations of the world and so I came in and I was like, guys, we need to stop doing this, this, and this, and we need to start doing this, this, and this. And I didn't necessarily know what I was talking about, but because I was high energy and because I had a vision and passion, people were like, okay. And that's what led to the, you know, the early success. Tim started taking charge within this organization and started working closely with students in this community that had their own businesses. The concept of starting a business started feeling more accessible to me. So I got this idea planted that how hard can it really be to start a business? I felt confident and I felt like this was my place and I felt like I knew and understood how this campus works. Tim was at graduation for some of his friends and they were talking about how expensive the gowns were. And Tim thought, I can do this better. So we started to research. They're re- listening to a ton of podcasts, selling a product, domestic suppliers, Chinese manufacturers, shipping After all this research, Tim realized that he could sell this product for like less, a lot less than the school was selling it for. I'd still make a profit. I was thirsting for something, for a business opportunity. And that's when I knew I had something. Convinced of his research, Tim went out and tried to raise some money. I went to my aunts and uncles and mom and dad and grandma and grandparents, both sides of the family, said, look guys, I want to raise this money so I can make this order from this manufacturer. I'm going to sell it to all my friends here that are graduating. And they had all these questions and I had all the answers ready and I was very well prepared. And so they trusted me with their, their, their money. Um, now you may ask how much. <laughs> well, Tim is a self-described risky boy and he didn't want to just sell a few gowns. Tim thought, I'm a sociable guy. And I know 200 graduating seniors. If each of them tells just five people, that's a thousand people. Based on that very, very arbitrary logic, I decided that I would sell a thousand gowns, <laughs> which is so many <laughs> for someone who like literally hasn't done anything like businessy before. Um, I had no idea what he was doing. But I wanted to go big or go home, like from the get-go. So the day I opened the website, I was $8,000 in debt. And at the time it was called SoCal Grad Club, super jank logo, super jank website. And uh, yeah, I had like a little tiny order form, like get your gown right now. I had the next two or three months to hit the pavement and get people to order these gowns. And that was really the fire that like, that I used to go out there and sell. I just started hitting the pavement, putting ads, putting posters, putting flyers, like messaging all my friends nonstop for two months, three months maybe. And And how was the response? What was the response? Response was, hey Tim, this is awesome. Going back to the, like that initial jump when you purchased the gowns, like after you've done all that research, like did you feel nervous doing that like what what was what was like going through your mind because like i think a lot of entrepreneurs or or at least people who who aspire to be entrepreneurial have trouble going from i have this idea to let's make that plunge and so what like i I guess i want to know like what was that plunge for you and how did it make you feel half the people said a thousand that's way too much i would never do that many that's way too risky 
and about the half the pe- other half said, if anyone is going to do that, it's going to be you. <laughs> I think it was just me being like naive <laughs> and optimistic. Like a lot of it was based on my personal network and my confidence and my sales ability because I spent so much time talking to people, almost like a politician. Oh, like Sean, haven't seen you in a while. So I got this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and like I was also, like I said, in leadership in my student organization. I joined other student orgs and I was in leadership in those. And so I got, my, I got myself around the campus in different niches. So I didn't just know their students. I knew the students who were connecting other students. I knew the leadership and that was super crucial. So do you think your most valuable thing in starting your business was your social currency? Yes. You, you were selling the gowns for SoCal Grad Club. How did you do that first year? What, what happened? Well, like I bumped into someone who was actually doing something very similar at USC. He was in a jam, needed to buy inventory to offset some of his demand from me. And so I sold 200 units to him right off the bat. So I was like, oh, oh damn. Like now I only have 800 left to sell. Like that was easy. Uh, and so I hit the payment selling 800 and ended up selling out a week before graduation started. I honestly think it was one of those scenarios where if I had 2,000 gowns to sell, I would have sold 2,000. Really? I just needed to sell what I had. Like it's, otherwise it would be such a coincidence and luck that I just happened to order like the, almost the exact amount that I needed. How, what did it feel like to sell? Like, were you mad that you sold all the gowns? Like, oh, I could have no, sold more? No, I was like, so what? happy. I actually sold more than I had and I had to order on Amazon, <laughs> which I've done several times since. Um, and suddenly I'd made more money than I had ever made before. It wasn't a lot, but it was a lot to, a junior in college who had only worked summer jobs, you know? So I was super excited. Do you think your Im- like the image that you had of yourself changed? Definitely. And, and, and was that the image that you were like trying to grasp at when you, when you first entered that, you know, entrepreneurial organization when definitely, you first entered college? Definitely. Yes. Like I kept it at bay and I was obviously like a really nice guy and social, but I had this like undercurrent of intensity and confidence that my abilities, my organization and abilities and like drive is more powerful than others. And like, that's like kind of a sinister mindset. And it definitely wasn't by any means overpowering or seeping into my relationships. And it was very kind and social to anyone. But at the end of the day, like I had this undercurrent, right? This underlying frustration. Like this is fresh. Like I should be leading this. I should be making these decisions. Why is that person doing that? That's a bad decision. That like they're presenting t- totally wrong. They're leading this in a wrong way. Were you not vocal about that initially? And did you become more vocal? Or yeah, I wasn't that vocal about it because, um, you know. Who, who am I to say anything? You know, I would be like an asshole move to be some random guy being like, this stupid, like, you just are like any other hater. So I couldn't really say anything until I proved myself. That's one of the reasons why I did it as a solo project my first year is I said, I'm gonna show everyone that I can do this. But doing this and having it work exactly as I expected was like, I told you, I was like, I, you know, it was like, I told you guys, like, 
I am this way. And, and like, maybe it was luck. Maybe I'm just like some idiot and like I happened to stumble upon something. But it definitely contributed to my personality of like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I don't know. I'd been, like I said, like I mentioned like earlier, I had been totally rejected by other community, like another community at UCLA. And some people were mean to me. And especially in high school, I was bullied. And so I like felt this like frustration of like, I should be respected. Like I know what I'm doing. I don't know. I want to people to treat me the way that I feel like I should be treated. In order to do your own projects, you need to have a certain level of confidence that what you're doing, you know, you know better than what other people know. Otherwise, why would you ever start your own project when other people have projects? Has it been tough being alone? Absolutely. Um, but I can't say necessarily that it was a mistake. Um, it's very hard, in my experience, to find people that will be your co-founder or your partner. You know, and other, other entrepreneurs like further along have, have mirrored that sentiment. It's like you're getting married to someone. It's not very often that you come across people that are worthy of that, honestly. So maybe it was just that I had super high bar for what that is and wasn't seeing anyone. I mean, that, that's what it felt like, is that I wasn't closed off to the idea, but I had a very high bar. Someone that needs to be, like, high energy, highly driven, highly, like, organized um, and intelligent and also available to work on this and not distracted by other things. And someone who was a great personality fit that I could just hang out with his friends. And that particular person didn't exist. And uh, rarely do I come across that type of person, even today. So I don't know if it was, it's probably a combination of, of me not finding the right person at the right time and also me having a super high bar for who it would be. And I imagine after that initial like success of that first year, were there people that were like, oh, Tim, like, I want to work on this with you? Or like, were, were people attracted to your success or the, the, the company or did like, did, did you find people wanting to work with you? Um, not really, actually. Because Why not? I think the success of Grad Street is, comes to a surprise by many people. Um, it felt like this, I mean, to the outside world, I think it felt like this really rinky-dink, humble like kid that's just like, you know, lifting boxes on the corner, you know? And that's, like, all it was. Felt to, akin to, the, like, the lemonade stand. Yeah, it felt like a little tiny lemonade operation. Um, and that's what people still kind of see it as. And when I tell people, like, how, you know, what it... the numbers that it runs and what it does, these days, um, most everyone, even the people that know that I've done this, like, since the start, are very surprised. Um, so I think that like if publicly it hasn't been like I haven't been like we're doing amazing this is the greatest thing and like maybe that's a bad idea maybe that's like bad on my fault that I haven't been branding like how cool it is and how great it's working enough is the excitement still there like are you as excited when you first started the company as you are right now and if so like why Yes, absolutely. I am still excited, as excited as I am right now. 
And that's because there is so much uncertainty. I like almost just as much uncertainty as it was the very first day I started. Because yes, like I know that gowns will sell, but I am reaching for new heights every year. And every year I make such a reach that if it doesn't work out, the business will probably die. <laughs> so there's a lot of uncertainty this year, as there was last year when I expanded new schools and as there will be the year after, um, because that's just how a startup works. Like you have to grow, you have to grow fast. And if you don't, you will die. <laughs> so. so do you want that uncertainty to continue as long as you're a part of grad school? No, definitely not. Uh, there is, I think like, I definitely don't want this uncertainty to continue. Um, but like, do you think, do you think the, the excitement for your, for building this is tied to uncertainty? Uh, in a way, yes. Um, but I think that that uncertainty isn't necessarily tied to an unstable business or tied to like a young business. So um, I always plan to have uncertainty, always plan to have an exciting business. And I want to do that by continuing to make it grow in some way. Um, maybe that's adding new schools, adding new products, adding new services. You never know if those strategies are going to work out. And that's the difference between a startup and a business, I'd say, is like, are they continually trying new markets that might fail? Is, is how tolerant are they to risk? Um, and I want to run a startup. I don't necessarily want to run like a normal business. If you could say one thing to someone who's listening, who has an idea in their head and they're not sure if they should do it, they think it might be a good idea, what what would you say to them? I would say two things. Uh, the first is don't take people's advice. Like Filter the advice that you get. A lot of people try to give you advice at every stage of your life, whether you're graduating college, when you're starting college, when you're starting a business especially, don't listen to their advice unless they're someone that you want to be. You're going to get a lot of advice from your mom, your dad, and you're going to get a lot of advice from your teachers, your uncles. Unless you want to be one of those people, do not take their advice. I got advice also from a neighbor from from New Jersey and um, he's like you know this is not gonna work this is you know this is silly um, but I didn't want to be that person and it might not work for him it might not work for that person but because I'm not that person it might work for me and their advice is not valid for someone who is on a different path and so filter your advice heavily because starting a business you will get lots of it um, and and, some, and my second one that's kind of tied to that is a lot of people will tell you that it's not good. Um, that is not a reason not to do it. They might be right. It's still not a reason not to do it. Do it anyway. As, I mean, as long as you're not going to be risking thousands of dollars, which is exactly what I was doing. <laughs> as long as you're not, as long as you're not, um, you know, going to, like, you know, hurt someone or break, ruin relationships, none of which I was doing. I wasn't risking like family relationships. Sure, it would have been super awkward at Thanksgiving or whatever, but I wasn't going to ruin someone's life. I wasn't going to hurt someone. Um, try it. Try it out. Chances are the outcome will be positive. The business doesn't work. You've learned so much. 
and like that's so valuable you can now take that knowledge and take the experience and start the next thing right away um, because once you've started something you're a starter and whether or not it works you're a starter you're an entrepreneur you've started something and and now you can go and do the next thing so much easier so don't listen to their advice do it don't care about if it fails just keep your head down and keep going yeah yeah that was amazing yeah um well, thank you so much for coming in today, Tim. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for that wisdom. Yeah, of course. Nice uh, office you have here. That was Tim Connors, founder of Grad Street. This year, he's expanding to 15 new schools serving over 5,000 graduates. For those of you who want to know more about Tim and his business, you can email him at tim at gradstreet.com. If you have any other questions or want to be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at findingfounderspodcast at gmail.com. My name is Samuel Donner. See you next time.